I'm going to get you out of here in a timely manner, but I have a word I want to deliver. May I do that? We're living in a different day and time than our parents did. Doing the best they knew how, my parents raised me to function in the world as they knew it. They taught me how to use a rotary dial phone. They bought a full set of world book encyclopedias. They showed me how to look things up in the encyclopedias. When we went on vacation, we had all those, these big maps that my mom unfolded, kept them in the glove box and pulled them out and spread them out all over the car to try to tell us how to get there and we still got lost. No GPS. I had a brownie camera. Becky has, still has her brownie camera, I think, for which I had to buy a 32 millimeter film from the drugstore, wait till the roll was all used up, and then wait days to get the film developed to have the pictures. Don't sit there and act like you didn't live through this also. <laughs> I learned how to look things up in the phone book to find out how to call people and, and, and businesses. And as a small kid, I knew the difference between the white pages and the yellow pages and what they were for. Now, those of you who are my age sitting in this room today, you need to know there are young people sitting here who have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't need any of those things today. My parents did a good job helping me learn to use them, but I don't need any of them because times change, culture changes, Technology changes. People grow and move on, sometimes without even realizing they're growing and changing. Change almost sneaks up on us and catches us by surprise. But the reality of it is, is this. All throughout our lives, we go through gradual moments and seasons of growth. And all too often, we, we don't even notice how much change has taken place not only in us, but all around us. For example, have you ever had to move from one house to another and were you shocked at how much stuff you had collected over the years you lived in that house? Well, what that means is this, that growth happens even if it doesn't happen suddenly. We all grow, but the problem is our structure doesn't change. So we take on more stuff and more weight of responsibility, more stress, but we use old structures to still house all the new extras. And we have not changed the structure to accommodate where we are right now. Now, obviously, today we're talking about a new physical structure. But I'm going to ask you to see with spiritual eyes today about your own life. Apply this spiritually to your own life. Your structure has to be commensurate to the need of the day and time in which you're living. I have moved on, thank God, into 2022, and I don't need a rotary phone. I, I, don't, I don't need the World Book Encyclopedia. I don't need an, an Atlas map. I, I don't, a brownie camera. I don't need the 32 millimeter film or, or a phone book. Those are all things that serve the day of my parents. They do not serve me today and they certainly will not serve the needs of my grandchildren. I feel the responsibility to help prepare for my grandchildren's future, which I know will be a completely different day and time than the day and time in which I have lived. And I cannot be 
naive and foolish enough to believe that the idioms of my day will satisfactorily serve the needs of the next generation. They won't. I've lived long enough to see worship styles change, some I can embrace, some I struggle with. Doesn't matter. They have changed and they are continually changing. Teaching methodology and mechanics have changed and are continually changing. I often hear Mr. Meyer speak about 21st century teaching uh, methods and pedagogy. So challenge for the church will always be to know what to hold on to ferociously and yet to know what to let go of freely. That will always be our challenge. We will always hold firmly to the uncompromised Word of God. Come on, talk to me. For I am more convinced today than ever that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God will stand forever. We will always hold firmly to the great value of the local church and the gathering of the people of God. But when the cloud is moving, with a pillar of cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. When the cloud is moving, God's people must be quick to recognize it, quick to pack up their stuff, and quick to get, quick to get going and move. I wish I had more time to unpack this today, but allow me to quickly take you to the Gospel of Luke chapter 5 where Jesus said, no one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For when the new garment would be ruined, for then the new garment would be ruined, and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. There is, in many of us, good old church folks, and I'm one of them, a great passion for the old. We tend to hold fond memories of the past. I know I do. Great days of revival, great preachers, great evangelists, but how easily we have forgotten the struggles and the problems of the past. It has been said that nothing moves more slowly than the church. The trouble with the Pharisees when Jesus was speaking in the text that I just read to you was that the whole religious outlook of Jesus was so startlingly new they simply could not adjust to it. The mind soon loses the quality of elasticity and becomes resistant to new ideas and new directions. And so observing that, Jesus hits it head on here with two illustrations. He says you, you, you cannot put a new patch on an old garment. The, the strong new cloth will only rip the hole in the, in the old cloth wider. Depending upon which version of Scripture you read and how you read it, some simply infer that because it's a, a new patch, it, it wouldn't look right, it would look wrong, wouldn't match the, the, the old cloth that you're putting it to. Other versions will make it clear the, the shrinkage factor that the old cloth has been, has been the, uh, our garment has been washed several times and has already been exposed, the possibility of, of shrinkage, and it has done so. The new 
a patch that you would put on from a new, a new patch that you would put on there has not ever touched water. So therefore, if you put it on and then it, it encounters water, it will shrink, therefore tearing and ripping the old cloth even more. Whichever way you go, you understand it was totally inappropriate. Bottles to contain wine in Palestine were made of skin, not glass. When new wine was put into them, it fermented and it gave off gas. In a new skin, there was a certain elasticity and no harm was done because the skin would give with the pressure. But an old skin has grown hard and has lost its elasticity. And if new and fermenting wine was put into it, it, would, it could not adjust to the pressure of the gases. It could only burst. So to put this in contemporary terms, our minds must be elastic enough to receive and contain the new ideas, new thoughts, and new direction. The history of progress is the history of the overcoming of the prejudices of the mind that is shut. So says commentator William Barclay. Let me give that to you again. The history of progress is the history of the overcoming of the prejudices of the mind that is shut. Every new idea has had to battle for its existence against the instinctive opposition of the human mind. I, I know there's none of these people in Bethesda Church today. And there's not any, I don't think, in the great state of Texas. But I've met a few people over the years that the minute you present an idea, they're against it just for the purpose of being against it. If you know somebody like that, don't point to them right now, okay? They're, they are, they're, they're predisposed. They, they, are, they are positioned to find what's wrong with the idea and why they should be against it. They're against it because they're against it. It may be that we need to pray that God would deliver us from a mind that is shut. People say of wine, the old is better. It may be at the moment, but they forget that it is a mistake to despise the new wine. For the day will surely come when the new wine has matured and it will be the best of all. Yes, the old is better to many of us today, but the children in this house today that are worshiping upstairs this very moment while you sit here, the children in this house Monday through Friday will surely come to the day of maturity and they will be the best of all. And we must prepare for them. We must not despise the new wine and it must not be put into old wineskins. We must build for tomorrow. Are you with me today, Bethesda? This entire passage that I've read to you from Luke 5 is the condemnation of Jesus to the mind that is shut and a plea that new ideas, new directions should not be so quickly rejected. Number one, two quick points and then we're going to go. We should never be afraid of adventurous dreams and vision. Say that with me. We should never be afraid. God the Holy Spirit is always leading us into new truth. The American Baptist Harry Emerson Fosdick somewhere asked, how would medicine fare if doctors were restricted to drugs and methods and techniques 300 years old? And yet our standards of orthodoxy in the church are far older than that. The person with something new always has to fight. Galileo was branded a heretic when he held that the earth moved around the sun. 
Turned out he was right, but he had to fight. Joseph Lister had to fight for antiseptic technique and surgical operations. Sir James Simpson had to battle against opposition uh, in the merciful use of chloroform. And let us never shirk the adventure of dreams and vision. Second thing, we should never be afraid of new methods. Just because a thing has always been done may very well be the, the reason to stop doing it. And just because a thing has never been done may be the reason to do it. No business could exist on outworn methods, and yet the church tries to do it. Any business which has lost as many customers as the church has would have tried new ways long ago, but the church has a propensity toward resisting all that is new. Be it ever remembered, Bethesda, that there is a wise conservatism and there is an unwise conservatism. And it may be that we would do well to remember that when any living thing stops growing, it starts dying. It is warning of Jesus in our text this morning that the church dare not be the only institution which lives in its past. I quote the great contemporary writer again, William Barclay, a favorite of mine. He says, let us take care that in thought and in action, we are not hidebound reactionaries when we ought as Christians to be gallant adventurers. Would you stand with me, please? 12 o'clock on the nose, babe, I did it. Can you believe it? Lord, what a special day for this fellowship. <clears throat> a day that's been prayed over, cried over, walked the floors at night over. <laughs> and we're asking for your grace to be upon us. We humble ourselves before you, Jesus, because more than anything, we want your will and your way. Lord, I know that for many in the room today, it's hard to accept a plan like this. I understand that. But I ask God that you give us grace because your word tells us in Amos chapter three, how can two walk together unless they agree? That puts a great responsibility upon the church to find how we can walk together. So I pray that we walk together in grace, in harmony, and in unity and that we do it for the glory of the name of Jesus. So let your grace be upon us. Lord, I pray you bring all of us back to the six o'clock hour. We have so much more to discuss, so much more to talk about as we walk into this very important season for Bethesda Church. And we give you all the praise for what you have done in this house today in the name of Jesus. And the church said, Amen. and the church said, Amen. I want everybody to just take a deep breath and let it out. <laughs> Have a wonderful afternoon, and please, I will see you at 6 o'clock tonight. God bless you.